All right, my friend. I think you're up for reading. I am. The gospel, I'm, yeah. I'm girding my loins for this text, frankly. I needed to <laughs> breathe before I read it out loud uh, because it it makes me a little bit sad. And um, so, the gospel reading this morning is from the book of Mark, and it's in chapter eight verses 27 through 38. And it should be familiar to anyone who spent any time in the gospels. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. And then he began to teach them that the son of man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days rise again, he said all of this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. And he called the crowd with his disciples. And he said to them, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of the Father with the holy angels. Hear what the Spirit is saying through the scriptures. Thanks be to God. Whew, that one is so intense and yeah. it has so much in it. How are we going to focus on one thing? <laughs> well, we probably won't, let's be honest. Let's we'll just, be we're, we're gonna say a few things about this text. I, this story shows up uh, a couple times in the gospels and this, I, I love Mark's version of it because it's very, as most of Mark is, it's very direct. No sugarcoating when it comes to Mark. Here's what happened. Here's what he said. This is what's up. And I love that about this particular version. So um, I'll start off and I'll tell you that when I look at this particular passage, I think so much of this text is about ego. And we, you even mentioned in our conversation before we started recording that we talk about ego all the time in our church. We, we, this is, that topic is definitely not off limits. And I think that's really obvious here. And the first way we see this is the most obvious place that we see it is in the question, uh, Jesus says, who do you think I am? Peter says, and he's looking at the disciples. Peter says, you're the Messiah. He tells him, don't tell anyone. Don't, don't be sharing. Don't, don't be bragging about me being this and you being a follower of the Messiah. Right. Exactly. And then he follows up with talking about suffering and sacrifice 
and rejection by the powers that be. And we, we know that at this time, the disciples' whole impression of what was going to go down when it came to Jesus is he's going to be the, the Messiah, is the Savior, the King. Like, they're hoping he's going to lead the revolution that's going to put them back in their rightful place. Guns blazing. Exactly. And so when Jesus says, no, 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 actually, actually, this is the way it's going to go down. Suffering, sacrifice, rejection, death, and resurrection. Uh, Peter says, basically, you, you can't, you, hey, dude, you can't say those things. Like he pulls him aside and like, I, I, I like to think of him like his chief of staff, like, dude, you can't, you can't say that. You can't say that. And what did you say? Like, that's the, that's the tweet that's going to get screen captured and spread yeah. all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one they're yeah. going to point to where they're like, Mm-mm. right. Right. And, and basically it says, you can't talk like that because again, the expectation is this is what glorification is going to look like for Jesus power influence. And Jesus just cuts right there and says, get thee behind me, Satan. What you're thinking is so far from anything that's of God. He calls him Satan. It just checks him real hard about that. Says you are not thinking in a godly way. If that's the way you think this is going to go down, you don't get the way of God. Yeah. And so there's really obvious like checking of ego in that place. And not that's the obvious one. And not just of Peter too, because like very intentionally, Jesus goes, okay, Peter, you said that. Okay, disciples, here's what you need to hear about ego. And then he looks to the crowd next. Like he doesn't miss an opportunity in this story to look Mm -hmm. out and say, you all do not understand me. Yeah. Yeah. And And then his next, you know, as he's starting to explain, and he says, for those who want to save their life, will lose it. Those who lose their life for my sake, for the sake of the gospel, will save it. Basically, this is where he's drilling down a little bit more and saying, you know, I know you've been sold this idea that power and influence, that, that, that wealth, that security, that all these things are life. And there are the, they are the things that you should be uh, seeking to achieve. Um, if that's the life that you try to save, you don't get what life is and you will lose your life will be lost. But if you, if you check it, all of that, which if you realize that that's vapor, that's, that's dust, that's ultimately not what matters. But if you understand that if you give all of that up for the sake of the, of the gospel, then that is where you discover life and this life abundant that, that we read about in John. Right. So that's it's drilling down even more and forcing them to go. It's it's not just about the fact that we're going to be the ones in charge anymore, but it's it's about regularly checking yourself. What have you been sold when it comes to what life is really about? Yeah. Does all that make sense? In this in this season of Lent, when we have entered reminded, as you reminded me earlier, that we are dust and to dust we shall return. And there's nothing wrong with dust. It's good, right? The ground that we're made out of in Genesis is is the ground that God made. And we're made of earth and that's beautiful and humbling and all of the things and it's impermanent. 
And so to know that there's something larger than yourself that you're a part of, it's not about you, is I think at the heart of what this text is talking about because mm -hmm. of if you lay down your life or if you try to save your life, what are you really saving? Mm. What are you what are you saving or losing? And that's that's where my spark came alive on this text is following your reflections. I kept thinking, yeah, the text says what? The text says, and those who lose their life for my sake, this is in verse 35, those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. But first it says, for those who want to save their life, will lose it. Save it for what? Save it for what purpose? And that's when we talk about ego, when we talk about Lenten practices, when we talk about discipline or self-sacrifice, the things that come up in this season, we could say, well, I'm just going to give up this thing. The question for me is for what? Why? Mm. Why are you giving that up? Or why are you trying to save it? Right? So if it's not for, as Jesus says, my sake or the sake of the gospel, what for? Um, it reminds me of the stories in, um, in Mark, other stories in Mark, including the rich young man in, in verse, in chapter 10, when he goes to Jesus and he's followed all the rules and he looks really, really good. And he's done everything. He's followed every commandment. Yeah. And Jesus says, he like looks at him with compassion, which for in the, in the Greek is like with like the, the, the full love and presence and like oomph of his guts. And he looks at him and he feels with him and he says, yeah, you missed one thing. And that's that that's not about anybody but yourself. Mm. You have to give away everything that you own and give it to the poor. And yeah. he goes and the sentence is, and he goes away sad. Mm -hmm. Right. And, yeah. and so this is like only good news. All of this is only good news. If it's for something, if it's because of something that is beyond you, otherwise it's just suffering for the sake of suffering. It's just right. struggle because struggle is struggle. And we all struggle. There's nothing special about suffering. Every human being has a thing that is hard in their life. But the question for me is why? Why is it happening? Um, when I also think about Jesus's walk to the, well, walk to the, uh, to go Gotha with the cross, right? And he's like struggled in the garden. And he has said, please take this for me. I know I'm supposed to do this. Please don't make this be so. And he prays to God and then things transpire and he is given a cross as they're walking to the hill where he's going to be killed. He doesn't ask for it. He doesn't say, Hey, get me one of those. He says, I am going to be myself. I have a purpose. I'm here for a reason. And whatever happens along the way that is really hard, I'm going to keep my eye on that. And it ends with his death. But yeah. in the midst of it, he knows why he is there. And I, that is my desire for my own life. And I think it's why this passage is so powerful for me. It's why like, it brings me to like tears um, as I think about it is it has a really fundamental question at the heart of it. And it's, for why are you doing this? Yeah. What is this for? And do you know, if you don't know, you need to look at it yourself really carefully and ask the question because it might, you might have told yourself that it's about something bigger, 
but it might just be about you and your ego. And I wonder about that. I mean, you, yeah. I'm sure you have some reflections about that. Well, that's, that is the more insidious ego. Yes. Cause I think that, that I, I know um, a lot of us can say, well, we get that we don't want that, that Christianity and empire are not a good combination. We get it. The thing about, not trying to, to be rich and powerful. We've read our Beatitudes. We know of that, but the more insidious ego check is when we're doing things that we can claim are for the sake of the gospel. And maybe even initially that was the motivation was to do it, but it can very easily over switch over, over time, become about not the mission, not um, the gospel, but just about your own ego, yeah. doing it for your own ego. There's an arcade fire lyric where they sing, you're working for the church while your family dies. And it's this idea that, that you can, you can claim, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And I'll, I'll even check myself. You know, I'm in work now where I'm, I'm sheltering houses people. And that's pretty noble. And that's gospel work. I'll claim that. That's real. But it, it, if I'm not checking myself, and that's why the idea of taking up one's cross daily, which I think is a self-examination, is a reflection about why we're doing it. Jesus had to be thinking when that cross was on him. He, he had to be saying, I'm doing this for a reason. Yes. There's a purpose. There's a bigger purpose to doing this. I'm not doing it just because. And I think that for, for us to be able to really tackle that insidious ego piece, we have to be examining ourselves daily. And, and we talk about, um, you know, we use the image uh, around our church of being broken and poured out, uh, that the, this Eucharistic life that we are called to lead, that our entire life is about taking up our cross and, and the cross is the place where Christ was broken. And we are called to be broken and then poured out for others, for the sake of others. We wanna be careful though, because we also can't just be broken and broken and broken or else we're just that. We're not being poured out because there's nothing to pour out. So paying attention to, am I also being restored and renewed because I, and you, you knew I'd want to get to resurrection eventually. I know we're not there yet. I can't but, believe you're but, jumping ahead already in Lent. We're not there yet. But, but Sabbath, yeah. Sabbath is about restoration and resurrection and renewal. And we need that as part of it as well. That's why this Lenten season of self-reflection and self-examination, I think, is so important. It's not about I'm giving up chocolate because it's a discipline. It's in, and, and if we're being honest... Giving up chocolate means I'm going to lose a bit, little bit of weight probably, and I'm going to be looking real good. And hey, where are we? We're back at ego, right? It's not about that. It's about making a conscious choice to take on a discipline, to take on a practice, to remind ourselves of the need to reflect and to tackle this false self that we have been sold as life when, when ultimately that's not abundant life. True uh, abundant life is a life of being broken and poured out. It's a life of love. 
And it's, and I think that that's the key, right? It's being broken and poured out, but for something, you're not just pouring Mm -hmm. yourself out on the ground or down the drain. It's Mm -hmm. for a purpose. It's intentional. It's for love. I think that when, you know, everything that Jesus did was because of the love of God through and in him for the people and his love for the people and wanting that to be felt and known and experienced and to be revolutionary in it. Um, And so the question is, if it's about love, then who and what we love is the core thing we have to answer. I had an ethics professor in seminary, Richard Sneed. He was hilarious. Um, And he used to say, I remember very clearly, it was one of the early weeks in our ethics class. He said, he looked out over the room and of course it's a bunch of, you know, seminarians of all ages and traditions. And he said, I'm noticing that a lot of you are wearing crosses and that's good. But I think you'll find that it's much easier to wear a cross than it is to bear it. Mm. And I will never forget that um, Mm -hmm. because I, I do think that we take on these things very lightly and then we don't continue to understand what is my cross? What is mine? What is the mm-hmm. one that my community, maybe my community bears it and we're bearing it together and we're bearing it intentionally. This, we are willing to suffer so that for the sake of mm-hmm. the gospel, Jesus, for the sake of these people who we see Jesus in. Um, but what is at the heart of that is almost always, as you said, it's got to be loved. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it's always going to be about something that's leads back to ego. I think mm-hmm. or dangerous, yeah. dangerously lead there. And, and, and again, attention to all of that. Absolutely. Like hundred percent. And also paying attention to when um, we're being broken and pouring poured out, we're bearing our cross, but we're ignoring our need for restoration and resurrection. Um, not, leaning into Sabbath, what we're at risk of doing is saying, if I don't do this, if I am not broken and poured out, if I don't take up this cross right now all the time, um, then no one's going to get love. Which is a dangerous path for I mean, that's ego too, right? Because that's, yeah. you, saying, that's you saying, well, God rested, but I don't have to rest. Um, mm-hmm. And in, in my mind, the, for, the mathematical formula is, therefore, I am God. I believe I am God. And that's, a, that's something to pay attention to. And in the text, when Jesus continually, continually revisits, what can they give for their life? This is not your life to save or lose. Mm-hmm. It is a life that was given to you. Yeah. It was given to me. And so even as we're doing these calculations or we're thinking about it, the, the thing we have to land on, I think ultimately if we're doing good work or will land on is I will always be broken and poured out for something for another person because God gave me this life. And so I am going to give this life to other people. Um, Yeah. And, And maybe because your life was designed to belong to others. Yeah. That it's, it's not just your life. It is 
but also because you have the very presence of the living God within you, and I don't care who you are, then you might not even acknowledge it, but you don't get to keep that. Yeah. It's not just for you. It's a blessing to have that presence, but you're designed to, to uh, belong to others. We are designed to belong to one another. Yeah. It's a big part of this. So, yeah. Well, we said a lot about it. I knew we'd say a lot about it. Isn't this good? passage, I mean, it gets me every darn time. Mm-hmm. I cannot, I, I could talk about this particular set of thoughts that Jesus shares so long because they're hard. They're hard. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and he's getting close to the end. And so he's really intense. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's so intense at this part uh, of the gospel and, and in such a way that I think, man, he, he knows how important it is for us to wrestle with this thing and not to lose the opportunity before he's gone. And so, uh, yeah, it will, we'll do some more of this, but I think we should ask questions of people. So yeah, go ahead. Here's the questions that we have. And I'm so curious what people's answers are just generally, as we're talking about crosses, what is a cross right now? What is a real cross that either that you're carrying or your community is carrying? And how do you know that it's the kind of cross that Andy and I talked about where it's not just suffering, it's for something, that kind of thing. What's, what's crucial there? What's, what's at the crux? Those are cross, crucial, crux, all same word, right? Um, and then the second question is, what does for the sake of the gospel mean today? What does that mean to you? And what does it mean to forfeit your life? Mm. That will have lots of different answers for lots of different people. So uh, some, some intense conversations, some intense text, and also some intense questions today. And we'll yeah. see where they go. Amen to that. Let me pray and uh, I'll sing for us this week. Holy One, we give you thanks for this time to talk about this rich, powerful text that, that cuts to the core of who we are and who we're created to be. We pray that we would be reminded by your spirit to daily examine ourselves, to continue to, to seek to be broken and poured out for the sake of your love of your gospel, of good news for everyone, everywhere. We pray that you would be with us as we continue on this Lenten journey and continue to be examining ourselves and looking toward you, looking toward the cross and resurrection. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to sing to and with one another as we close our time together. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious, gracious, gracious to you. The Lord Lift up God's countenance upon you 
and give you, give you, give you peace. Continue to be at peace. Continue to practice a holy Lent. We love you. Bye. Bye.